Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. All right, so guys, uh, last week we spoke about boldness in Christ, and it's a very, very important thing that whenever we go, we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everywhere we go, we are disciples. We carry the Holy Spirit everywhere we go, just with our actions, the little things that we do. Uh, we've been on this theme where it says the kingdom of God is in the little things. It's the little actions that you take that build up and things like that form good habits. And, and also, on contrary to that, bad habits are also catch on pretty quickly too. And I don't need to go far. I can just look into myself and my heart and my life and trying to figure out where do those bad habits come from? And surely enough, you know, started out probably with something small. So today I want to talk a little bit that helped me in my growth in Christ. And this is an uneasy subject if you think about it at first when you hear, but um, it is very important. I believe our church is growing. Uh, and not only that, most importantly, it's growing spiritually and maturely because we need to be equipped, you know. We've had uh, previously prophetic words, and uh, Nancy uh, shared through her prophetic word and followed up Pastor Mark, um, Michael McSwain. Uh, importance of being ready always, being equipped as a church. Amen? Yeah. So let's uh, jump straight into scripture, my main theme scripture for this, Matthew 6.6. 6. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And the title of my message is The Unseen Side of You. And all God's people went, ooh. <laughs> I always have like a thing that where I always get like a second title. I nearly uh, titled this message, The Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> There's a movie out there. That's where the, that's where the message was born. Uh, God uses all things. But then I realized, you know, it, would be, uh, it wouldn't be acceptable probably preaching about it if you're comparing people to animals. They probably won't accept it as much. <laughs> it's not all of us, you know. I know somebody will say like, oh, I know a person, he's a real animal. I mean, we, you know what I mean? Like there's people's that, people out there that are... Uh, when you look at them, you're like, man, why would they do that, you know? But the reality is this, okay? We can say all things about others. So we see that as visual. But most of the things we don't see, all right? And that's what this message is going to be about, the unseen side of us. We can talk about other people's. We can always say, how could they do that and everything like that? But what about us? And one of the biggest things I would say, the growth in my um, in my spiritual life became when I started focusing more on myself. Uh, I know it sounds selfish, but really, it's talking about me being hard on myself. Me seeing like before, as soon as I say something about someone, I catch myself and say, wait a minute, I've done that. Yeah. Somebody could be going through the most difficult situation in life. Somebody could be going through a divorce, and you're like, well, I, 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 that's not me. I would never happen to us. Or, you know, as a parent, you'll say, well, look at those kids I, that would never happen in my kid's life. <laughs> I know. Maybe you don't relate to that. But I'm just saying the reality is I started catching myself saying things and I started looking inward more. And um, that's where really just the turnaround came in my life. 
And so um, we have this concept sometimes that, and I'm guilty of that. Maybe not you. Maybe I'm just like that. But growing up, you know, that I had a feeling that God only sees me in church. And so you prepare yourself for the church. The best suit or whatever, shirt or whatever. Uh, best pajama pants if you're Robert, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, but what I'm saying is that we were just like, okay, now i got to come before the Lord. Okay, now I'm going to. As if only God sees you here. But the reality is God sees us everywhere, right? Everywhere we go. Amen? So I want to talk a little bit about Saul when reading through uh, 1 Samuel. And we all remember Saul, right? A man um, who God chose. Uh, Saul wasn't just a random person, okay? The Bible says that he was chosen by God. But oddly, most, uh, mostly talks about him in a negative light in the Bible, all right? So out of the six chapters um, in 1 Samuel... Only one of them talks about Samuel in a positive light, which is that he was God's anointed, okay? Um, he didn't give that title to himself like some rappers do, like, you know. He, uh, God found him, and he told that to prophet Samuel, and so he blessed him. But here's what troubles me, is despite the fact that Saul was God's anointed, God sent Samuel to tell him that God now regrets it. If you haven't read that, it's, it's really fascinating. In fact, I'll just show you this. Um, it's a very, it was a wake-up call. And it really, uh, this is the scripture that really, right there, that verse woke me up. 1 Samuel 15, 11. I regret that I have made Saul king. This is God's saying. Because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. And... If you're a believer and you love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, if you believe that God has a call in your life, this doesn't guarantee you that it's always going to stay this way. And I know that it's not popular to talk that way because nowadays you don't hear a lot of sermons on that saying that, hey, you could lose what you have, okay? So that's why I believe it's very important that we talk about this, that you need to guard your heart and what you, God has given you that will be there right away to pluck that. We were talking about seeds. Sometimes God is speaking. He's always speaking. He's sending forth his word. And if we don't plant it, uh, the birds of the air, they'll just come and snatch it. So it's important that once we receive the Lord, we need to protect it. Okay? Soil is our heart. So whenever we receive the Lord from the Lord, we have to protect it. Amen? you agree with that? Amen. So, because it's, you know, Satan has a different calling on your life. <laughs> <laughs> Satan has a calling on your life. That's why it says to be alert, okay? It says to be steadfast. I love this. Look at this. 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's out there. He's The moment God does something amazing in your life, you can bet that the moment you walk out of there, the moment you receive the word, you walk out of the church, they'll be the first thing to test you and then you'll forget about it. So um, today at the end is going to be more challenging because uh, unlike we ask people to come up and get prayer, which you still can. But today I want to challenge you to go home and do something, you know, in the unseen when you're away from everybody, when you're one-on-one -on -one with God. Because I get this feeling we only get our prayers in sometimes in church uh, or if someone prays for us. But what about when you're one-on-one -on -one in the shower? What about one-on-one -on -one when you're driving your car? And I want us to experience God this coming up week like never before. 
And all we have to do is really open up our hearts, open up our lips, and says, and he will fill them. All right, First Samuel, I want to continue about Samuel. Okay, First Samuel chapter 15, uh, verse 17 through 21. Samuel said, Although you were once small in your own eyes, this is Samuel talking to Saul, did you not become the head of tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king of Israel. And he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Okay. Verse 19. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? Verse 20. But I did obey the Lord, said Saul. I went on the mission. The Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle for plunder. So here's where it gets tricky. This is where, this is where he did wrong. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from plunder. God says, wipe everything out. You cannot take anything in. And I want us to focus that this is God talking to us about our heart. Okay? The soldiers took sheep and cattle from plunder... The best of what was devoted to God, their God pretty much, in, in, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. So God gave Saul a task, right, to take down uh, the city. And uh, he said that God will be with him. God told him to, hey, clean every, everything out. But Saul did it anyways. He took nice things for himself like silver or gold and things like that. And then he took the sheep best sheep obviously and he uh offered it to the lord uh, but how many of you know that's a bad idea bad move <laughs> if god tells you to get rid of something and you're trying to use it it's not going to work out really well but you can say well saul what what a buffoon like god told you to do it it's pretty basic instructions right but uh this happens to us you know in our own families in our own lives with our loved ones uh, when you tell them, like, hey, you probably shouldn't date somebody like that, you know, <laughs> and they still do it. Or you probably shouldn't hang out with those friends, and we still do it. And uh, we somehow think that magically, you know, things are going to change. But if you're not grounded in Christ, and you're hanging out with people that are having a lot more issues, the chances are you're not going to be stable, okay? You're not going to be able to effectively evangelize. So that's why today's focus is on us, right? We're looking inward. How we can improve ourselves, <laughs> the, better, the better self, you. Um, but let me remind you, right, so Saul is God's anointed one, right? So when Samuel came to Saul, he said like, come on, man, why would you do that? And Saul was like, I'm a good Christian, like I did everything all right. This is, this is obviously my Vic's modern translation. <laughs> He's like, what are you blaming me for, Samuel? And Samuel's like, hey, you didn't obey you put on a good performance, everything looks good on the outside, but what about those little things? What about those things that you took that you're not supposed to, all right? So with God comes into our life, he doesn't want anything there that doesn't belong to him. And it's important for us to realize that because we are his temple, amen? Look at this, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, and it's, it's pretty awesome to remember because everybody knows John 3.16. If you want to remember 1 Corinthians 3.16, it's a very powerful scripture. It says, do you know that you yourselves are God's temple 
and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. So we are God's temple, amen? He wants our hearts to be clean before him without any hooks from the past, any kind of things that are just continuously bring us down. Every time we want to grow in the Lord and next thing you know that thing comes again, you're like, oh man, I'm doing the same mistake again. So God wants us to be conquerors and victors in Christ, amen? But while our hands are occupied, God can't put something in your hands if you're already holding on to this. Does that make sense? God won't take what you're holding on to. Devil just comes in and just snatches. But God always gives a person a choice. From the beginning of time, he gave a choice to a person to make the decisions for himself, right? So, but we take these little habits, you know, our, our ways of doing things, and we try to somehow make them work. But God won't help a person who is not asking for help. That's why even Jesus, if we were looking through the New Testament, he would have come up to people and say, like, what do you want? He would come up to a blind man. It's obvious the man is blind. It doesn't require Jesus to notice that. I mean, a human can understand that. But what did Jesus ask them? What do you want? Your will. Amen? So our habits and our addictions, though, are directly related to our will. And that's what devil is after. He's our, you know, after our will. And God won't force freedom into our life, you know, forcefully like, here, I want it. You got to want it. Amen? And when I, was, uh, when I was in Armenia, this is kind of interesting because I was praying and then next thing you know, demons started manifesting, you know. And I was just like, all right, I haven't done this, but God, you said that if we, if we believe in you, we should be able to do that. And I just went for it. And, um, but interesting because there was approximately between five to seven people that got delivered. And the first person... Um, I came up and she was like a scratch up lady and she, you know, she was like that with a cane. And I don't know, right before I'm approaching her, the Lord is like, she's demon possessed. And I was like, okay, God, I, sure, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just operating on, you know, uh, on the Holy Spirit. I'm just like literally listening to myself. I'm like, God, this is not me. This is you. And as soon as I touch, put my hand on her shoulder, she goes, like she literally just un. She opens up straight and just starts screaming. And I was like, oh, man. But we kept, so I prayed. And then a person to the left of me, a person that they have, obviously, they have a people that specialize in this. They're ready, already coming up and praying together with you. And then the Lord is like, turn this over to this person on the left. I didn't even realize that that person was in charge of all this ministry. So he kept praying and I just kept praying. And then. People would just get set free. One person, I could see that demons are manifesting. Some of them didn't. But at the moment they did, you can see a different look in their eyes. And they just like just dropped dead almost. It was so powerful. It was amazing. And then I went back later. I'm talking in the room there. And i asking that pastor. I'm like, whatever happened with that first gal, you know. Um, and he's like, well, she, she didn't get delivered. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Why? He's like, well... He's like, she didn't want to. When she came to her conscience, like to herself, she was like, and he was like, do you have anything that you're, you really like doing? You're, you, something, there's habits or any kind of things that you're attracted to. And she liked some witchcraft game of some sort. And she's like, I love that. I love that. And she could not admit that. And she said, I can't let that go. So in her own clear conscience, 
Her will is so important and because of that she could not receive her deliverance. Okay, so our will is the key to unlocking the door. And that's why the devil knows that if he can convince you to say that you're just born this way, that you just have these tendencies, he wants you to get stuck there and not move out of that into a victorious life. Because God wants you to come and be, be free and to be walking in victory all the time. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. But habits don't become ha habits instantly, right? They start little and then they start growing. So everything starts start small, good or bad, okay? I want you to know that this scripture, I'm not just talking about good habits or bad habits, you know, I'm talking about both of them, okay? So, and we talked about kingdom of God is in the little things we say and little things we do. But the same way enemy does this too, he will catch you with a little bit of things. He'll catch you when you're like vulnerable and somebody hurt you and you have a legitimate reason to be uh, upset at them. And he'll catch you and he'll just want to ground you and say, Ugh, don't ever forgive that person. If Here today, I believe God will set you free when you come home. Even here. If you ever said this, these words saying, I will never forgive that person. I've said the, those words before. I'm going to be the first one to pick up my hands. I said that and it kept me captive. Until I, I let go and until I realized the scripture says, well, if I don't forgive, the God will not forgive me. Okay. But that's why we have God. He is able to give you strength. He will help you overcome everything that you're facing. Amen? Look at Galatians uh, 6, chapter 6, uh, 7 through 10. Thank you, Lord. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And it's sad because even people within the church oftentimes are not living in peace. Even them among themselves sometimes, they go behind each other and talk about it. But I think God is bringing us, this is so exciting because God is bringing us to the new level of pure relationship with Christ. Not the church, not some kind of religion standards that you show up with certain image and like, okay, now I'm good enough, I can come to Christ. No, I'm coming to God with everything, with all the problems. And that's what I love about David, you know. He was just not afraid. He didn't let things collecting. He ran to God right away. And he literally was just like, God, I screwed up. Ugh. But he would run. What devil wants you to do is the moment something happens, and just set it aside. And then he'll say, ah, you're going to do this again. Why bother trying this, giving up on this this time. Okay? So we just read about reaping the harvest, right? It says, a man, what man sows, he will reap. So concept of reaping the harvest works for good and bad things. Amen? So our spiritual progression or regression, I had to learn the opposite word. <laughs> um, regression is when you're obviously not increasing, your opposite of progression. So it's a result of what happens in the unseen world, what happens in our unseen life when we're not in front of people, okay? Um, and what seeds are we allowing to grow in our lives? Are we allowing the things that God said to grow take place or are we allowing the evil things to grow you know it's easier it's easier let me just say it's easier to let the evil seeds grow because you're like 
that person hurt me. Screw him. No, I'm serious. Like, you know, it's easier to have be, you, have a, you feel like you have a legitimate reason to be upset. So that's why, that's why it should be that important to say, Lord, I need to be steadfast. Because the devil just wants to steal something that's good that God has given me. If God has spoken something specific in your life and you know that you have a calling, guard it. Amen. Above all else, it says guard your heart. Amen. All right. So, and I believe that Sunday when we were playing soccer tournament, I wasn't there, but Larissa uh, told me about Pastor Mark's message. You mentioned something about leaving back doors open for the enemy. And that's, that's what happens. We think everything is good. We cleaned up like Saul did, like everything's good. But when we took some things or we really didn't let go of certain things that keep calling us back, that keep pulling us back. Amen. So we call it sins with benefits. Maybe one day I'll, that's a good title for a message. <laughs> we'll call it sins with benefits. Literally, you know, because a lot of times the Satan will say, oh, like it gives you temporarily pressure. Or it just satisfies your soul for that instance. But see, devil is clever like that. He literally will just keep reminding you that you're okay. This is normal. You're different. No. God is like, no, I have came to give you life. Give you abundantly. Amen. All right, let's open up Luke chapter 12. Oh, two to three. Talking more about unhidden things. I mean, hidden things. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. I'm reading out of NIV. Or hidden that will not be made known. Verse 3. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear, in the inner rooms. Like if you were whispering in some inner rooms, hidden rooms. Will be proclaimed from the rooftops. Okay. So again, let me read that. It's so impactful. Luke 12, 2 through 3. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. Or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftops. It looks like God cares more what happens in the unseen rather than seen. Amen? The unseen world is bigger than the seen. Okay? And so number one thing is what occupies our thoughts? Okay? Do we take uh, these thoughts captive that scripture tells us? Right? Or do we allow to run with them? I'm talking about myself, guys. Let me just say, I was allowed, I'll get one thought and I could grow a whole movie out of that in my head. Yeah. We have this cinema uh, gifting in our head that we're like, so the moment we get somebody, is that what she said? Oh, how dare she? Mm -mm. I'll tell you another thing that she did. And it goes and it goes. You know, same thing happens. Some guy will tell you and somebody might be struggling. And here you are just like, yeah, yeah. And then you realize you're like, well, wait a minute. When you go in the room, like, but I, that's me. I, I, I could have easily done that. <laughs> so this message is for us, for me, church, all right? So our spiritual growth is directly related to what is unseen, what no one sees. What are we doing when we're not when we're, you know, when no one's looking, are you blessing people rather than cursing them? Are you jealous secretly behind somebody that says, how could they be so successful? I mean, I was a good Christian Lord. <laughs> but they, everybody's got a different journey. But the moment you start looking at yourself and putting yourself in focus, that's where your revival will happen. Guys, I'm telling you, I've been Christian for many years. And it wasn't until like a couple of years ago where the Lord really brought the scripture to me. And it really just grew in me. 
I've been working on the sermon over the course of how many years, and then finally the Lord was like, this is the Sunday to share it. So if you are here right now, and you're hearing this, the Holy Spirit's talking to you, and let him speak to you. Amen? So because what happens, it's easy to stay offended. You know, it's easy to, you know, comfort yourself with your temporary pleasures, addictions, things like that, that just will bring you temporary comfort. But how do you feel afterwards? That's the question. What do you feel, you know, when you're by yourself? So this is a challenging message. I, I do understand that. And you might be here and you're saying, Lord, I, I don't know. I will never be able to overcome this. I've said that before about many things. Okay. Different addictions and things like that. And I said, I cannot do it. But then the Lord would be redirecting my uh, scripture, uh, my eyes to the scripture. You are more than conqueror in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than the one in this world. You can overcome everything. You, are, you have full access to all those things that God has told you to go preach the gospel. Laying your hands on the sick. You don't need a special, if, you, if you're a believer, you have access to that. That is, you as a disciple have access to that. Amen? That means if you're struggling with something, and maybe you've done it for a long, many years, let me just, I'll talk a little bit about, uh, about Jacob here in a second, but I'm wrapping up, okay? But he was at 97 when he was wrestling with God. You could have been, you know, people sometimes struggle with things all their 60 years of life, and all of a sudden they're like, they, hit, they finally understand it. It's like, God, I wasted my life. God is like, no, it's not too late. It's better that you're coming to God now, right? Amen. And it's just like I said, I, I don't hear enough sermons lately about just saying that you can lose stuff. It's always about God loves you. That's great. He always does. But you need to protect what God has given you because the devil doesn't want you to hold on to it. Amen? Think of it this way. If your house isn't protected, don't be surprised if your house gets robbed. Okay, <laughs> if you don't have locks on the door, I can guarantee if the door is open, the enemy will come in. The enemy is persistent, so that's why I have to be consistent. Okay, <laughs> he is persistent, and he just, yeah, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you. We have to be consistent in protecting it, amen. So, there's anointing in your life, realize that you are called, you're God's chosen, amen. But, devil will work overtime to make sure you would lose what God has given you. Saul lost it. There's many examples in the Bible where you look at it. And then, you know, if you look at David, the king, he nearly lost it too. But he came to his senses, you know. If you're, if you're reading the scripture, what he did, you know, with his action, you know, he took someone else's wife. And then sent his, her husband to front lines to get killed. So there's always chances. God wants, to, God, wants to, God wants you to succeed. Amen. Jacob nearly lost it. To go back to Jacob, and we've talked about Jacob before, you know, the heel grabber. That was, that's what his name stood for, right? And God called Jacob too, uh, but he was fighting at 97 when he finally is like, I'm done. I've been trying to do things my way. I got the blessings how I wanted. But he was continuous on the run, and he kept doing this pattern of getting back, getting screwed by other people because at one point, you know, he got at things illegitimately, you know. He faked, you know, a blessing. He pretended to be his brother to receive a blessing from a father. And his father wasn't seen very well. So, but it's not too late. But still, he came around. But what did it cost? Jacob nearly, literally, he had to fight through the night. I mean, it costed him his hip, right? So, 
But most of life, you know, I can imagine Jacob saying, like, man, I've been taking shortcuts everywhere. I've been trying to figure out this out on my own. And I've, when I finally, you know, cried out to God, and I came to the room, and I opened up, I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I keep struggling with this. So it could be different things for a different person. Somebody, it could be pornography. Another person, it could be unforgiveness. And every time they think of some, somebody that hurt them, they get angry and those feelings come back as if they just happened. But God wants you to live a free life, amen? And I'm sharing this because this is my personal experience. This is what helped me grow in my life. You know, it helped me. It literally brought me to freedom when I forgave people. When I've given everything to God and I said, God, I'm going to do this now. I understand that actually I've been putting up a good front and image like Jacob for the most of my life. But then what I actually struggled with you know, I, nobody knew that until I came broken before God. Like I said, until that seed, we, we related a lot of times a few weeks back now in a row, talking about and says, until the seed dies, only then it will produce fruit. So when we fall to the ground, when we fall on our knees before God, that's when that seed comes to life and we become victorious. Amen? Hallelujah. So... John 12, 24, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And then only then, Jacob, after fighting with God, he like he received a new name, Israel, right? So it's not too late. I don't want anybody here to feel discouraged. I want you to be encouraged because, well, this not just applies to things that we struggle with. When we do, I want to bring this importance of that. This is talking about sowing and reaping. If you are doing great things just only in front of people, God says, well, good, there's a do. You already received your reward. But if you go home and you're praying for people that bless you, if you are serving other people, nobody's watching. When you're giving somewhere, you know, Scripture even talks about when you're, when you're doing something with your right hand, something good, don't let your, not your left hand know about it. I mean, it's to that point where the unseen world, what matters big time over everything. The times you invest in prayer, I can guarantee you will result in incredible growth. And, you know, I'm talking about myself, guys. Now, <laughs> I want to get this point across. This is so revolutionary in my life. And I believe God is setting our feet on solid ground right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, I want to come back. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, and worship team, you can, we can come up and let's worship the Lord here. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, okay, will reward you. Again, God will reward you. Maybe you've been praying for somebody for a long time. And you're thinking, Lord, I've done it so many times. God will reward you. If you've been, it's been hard to forgive somebody. But you've been saying, Lord, I'm going to forgive this person. I, I'm going to do it. You help my unbelief, Lord. Help me with this. But I'm going to start proclaiming because faith comes from hearing. And so today when you come and you're one and one with God, if you're next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, driving to work, Turn off the radio or something. Just take a moment and just talk to him. Okay? I can guarantee you that you will be visited by the Holy Spirit. You will experience the presence of God. All we need to do is just cry out and he will fill our lips. Okay? So this is amazing. And this is how we grow. 
we don't fight battles physically. Somebody does something evil to us, God says, go do something good for them. Do the contrary. Do something that this world is not doing. Start blessing them. You're, you're, you carry the Holy Spirit wherever you go. And God wants to give you that confidence back to be bold and saying, you got what it takes, but I want all of you. You can still survive and live and live like that and struggle, maybe like Jacob or Saul. It was good on the outside, but let's come to a real realization. So, Lord, I need to protect this. This is precious. You want to use me for your glory. Amen? This is how we fight our battles, on our knees. Amen? That's where we grow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just bow our heads. Lord, we just thank you for your presence in this place. And just take this time. I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward. Wherever you're at, please. Just quiet down the noise in your heart, whatever is just occupying, and let Holy Spirit talk to you right now. He's speaking to you. He speaks through your thoughts. And he, he's saying that to you. There's been things, the doors that have been closed that you've never touched, that you never want to open. And you're just like, I'd rather keep it closed, keep it under the rug. But the reality says, God, but you know, the moment you let that go, the kind of freedom you can have. Today, let's open up every door. Let God come into every room and shine his light. The addictions will be broken. Struggles, unforgiveness, deceit, whatever you're experiencing, God will set you free. He wants you to live a free life. And he's touching your heart right now. It's not because of anything I said. It's because it's the power of God. It's the word of God that is speaking to you right now. Let's accept that. Lord, I'm giving you everything today. Just say that to him. Lord, I give you everything. I open every door. I declare this in your presence. That when I'm walking out of here, I'm going to be focused on this word. I am not going to let enemies steal this word. I'm going to go to the room, where, my room, my car, where nobody sees me. I'm going to open up every door to you. God is telling you how amazing you are. That you are more than conquer in Christ. That you can overcome everything. You didn't think you would be able to forgive somebody, but you will be able to. But it starts with your decisions, your will. Remember, this is your will. Lord, even Jesus said, Lord, not my will, your will be done, but it requires your will. Thank you, Lord. We will protect what we hear. Hallelujah. We move and we live by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for giving us understanding that the unseen world is so much greater. What we do outside of people's eyes, Lord, is the most impactful thing. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.